and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover package takes a look at artificial intelligence and how startups are harnessing it to their advantage. Joining me on the call is Naini Thakur to talk about her cover package. She's done a bunch of articles. Hi Naini, thanks for joining in. Hi Abhishek, thanks for having me. Thanks. You In the opening essay itself, uh, you cover the big innovation that uh, ChatGPT was brought along by OpenAI, which was the fastest growing consumer adopted product. And it has pretty much, uh, you know, shaken up the uh, Silicon Valley and the rest of the world as well as in terms of users. So what does this mean for India and the tech sector? And how how do you think has AI in general uh, dented certain industries? Because you've taken a stab at various companies that are doing this. Absolutely. So, um, you know, to answer the first part of your question, artificial intelligence and machine learning seem to have been around for a very long time. I mean, we've been talking about it for years now. But um, I think with the onset of chat GPT, I think generative AI seems to suddenly have reached homes of every individual. So far, what was the case is that it was this very absurd sort of deep tech concept, which not many people understood because probably they couldn't really use it or see what was happening in hand. Now, suddenly, like a lot of experts told me when I was doing these stories is that every other CEO of the company is asking, you know, what are we doing for AI or how are we participating? So suddenly, everyone's interested in this. Everyone wants to participate in the AI gambit in some form or the other. So I think India has played a very important role um, and will continue to play a very important role. Uh, One major reason for that seems to be the fact that India is known for its tech talent, right? We have a very good tech talent and we have very cheap labor uh, available. So most of the startups, um, if you would have read the stories, you would know um, most of them and all four that I spoke to have said that approximately 75 to 80% of their revenue right now comes from the international market, which means that, um, and particularly US, which means that these guys are approaching Indian companies because they're getting their work done um, at a much cheaper rate to solve their problems. So the direction in which India is headed to, it really seems like we could very well be the next AI outsourcing hub for the world if we play our cards right. And and you talked about how it's the, for the first time, you're right, uh, AI suddenly was being used by college students for their essays or journalists, for instance. Uh, I, I, I know a few who do their press releases uh, using uh, it it's something that people started to use and and got their hands around it it's in fact the other day uh, there was a rap song that i heard on linkedin somebody had posted a video and it was just like any international rapper would worth his salt but it was all generative ai so oh the music God. the lyrics wow. the, yeah the, yeah <laughs> No, I did read a report wherein Grammys have put in, um, you know, a sort of, uh, I think, some form of a rule to say that you can only use um, AI to a certain extent, to, um, you know, to formulate music. Because, I mean, who knows? It can clearly clearly do everything. So I don't know how many jobs it can take up. But but um, I do feel like it, it can't do everything, or which is what realized as well and um, I mean it is it is great but to an extent and it does need to be regulated which is one major aspect that we've covered in this package as well. Talking of those who are utilizing it uh, for their own benefit and who saw merit in it a few years ago like uh, some of them like Entropic 
is yes. uh, what you wrote about uh, AI's application in consumer research. How does that work? A field which is primarily driven by human beings and verification and facts. Uh, how, how does the outfit harness uh, AI here? I think this was a wonderful conversation that I had with Ranjan. So essentially what they've done is they've broken down quantitative and qualitative research into various technologies that they can offer. Now, for instance, there is a consumer research group. Earlier, there used to be either some of those uh, interviews that happen or focus group discussions or then you have to answer one of those surveys, right? That's how we've been doing it traditionally. What these guys do is that, for instance, an FMCG company reaches out to them saying, we want to test how this ad is doing, right? They decide um, their target audience, gender, all the usual stuff. And then all they need to do is that that test ad is sent out uh, via Entropics platform to a bunch of the guys who have sort of okayed participating in this research. And all they need to do is watch the ad. And the rest of the stuff is entirely done by AI. Because, you know, what it does, it, it tracks your, you know, your eye, eye movement. So you need to watch it while keeping your webcam on. So it looks at where your eyes are going. So for instance, there's like, um, you know, Shah Rukh Khan um, and endorsing a certain FMCG product. Am I looking at the product? Am I looking at the brand ambassador? You know, things like that. If there are interviews, uh, then it will also analyze the tone in which you're, you're saying, how you're saying it. So if I say I really like this product and if I say it in a flat tone, it'll say that, oh, maybe this person's not being honest, you know. So the nitty gritties of it, how honest someone's being. So it's much Richer insights that these these companies get out of the, the work that Entropic is doing. So, so I think it's very interesting, quite revolutionary stuff. Which would never have been possible on a pen and paper test, right? Like about a decade. I mean, I remember Piyush Pandey once addressing us college students way back in the day, uh, Ogilvy's head. Uh, he, he said that they would call everybody in a room and they would put the ad on a projector. And then just by looking at people's reactions, some people would take notes. Now, this wow. Entropic is taking... Uh, it to a different level because, of course, the, the audience's reaction would determine whether that ad should be launched or not. And exactly. that's where he, he also had, uh, you know, qualms about uh, research itself. So that's a different story. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it just takes it to another level then. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and these guys are also funded. You you wrote about uh, Verloop. If I'm yes. pronouncing that right, yeah. it received $12 million for uh, transforming the call center. What does that outfit do? It's one of those uh, customer interactions, customer support AI chatbots that they have, wherein they look at like a, you know, end-to-end customer support service. So for instance, if, you know, some of those conversations that we have with any of these, uh, you know, e-commerce platforms, wherein we face an issue with an order, it not reaching on time, cancelling, um, you know, replacing it. So so something that, uh, you know, wherein a call goes to the call center, the person up, makes the person wait, uh, comes back, all of that, which would taste take, say, for example, five to seven minutes is literally done in seconds, right? Because there's a problem and it's solved for you by that AI immediately. For instance, if that AI can't solve it, it's only then that those queries reach the those uh, particular agents. So I think it, it just makes life faster, easier, and it, it's a lot more efficient. So, um, and I think now they're so confident about the work that they're doing um, that, that they've uh, also started a different kind of uh, revenue stream, which is based on how many tickets they close. So for instance, 
they close 100 tickets. That's the basis on which they charge. So instead of a usual SaaS model, this is a very different kind of a model that they're using because they're so confident of the work that they're doing. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. And and these um, AI bots these days uh, don't sound like bots anymore, do they? They they sounded like bots only about two years ago, but now it's pretty much human-like. You may not like, I think there was a bank. I forget which one now. As a customer, when I called that bank up, uh, it took me a while to realize I wasn't talking to a real person there. Yeah, yeah, it's so, incredible. Yeah. It's very scary, yeah. but I think it's yeah. incredible uh, how things work, uh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you bet. Have you seen uh, uh, this ad of Virgin Voyages that was launched just two, two days ago? Oh, uh, no, I have not. This is so creepy, uh, but so <laughs> incredible at the same time. My God. Virgin Voyages recently got uh, Jennifer Lopez to... Uh, invite uh, uh, customers, uh, send personalized invitations to customers, but then you realize it wasn't Jennifer Lopez, but an AI about talking through her. So it's, I think it's a very interesting time to be around. And, you know, I mean, for one of the stories that we were working on for um, around AI education, I was speaking to Mayan Kumar, who's one of the co-founders at Upgrad. He said something which has stayed with me, which is this right now, the AI revolution seems to be, and it seems to be doing what the internet did for us. That's so true because it's literally part of every single aspect of our lives suddenly, and it's just going to grow from here on. So, um, Oh, yeah. And big time, and the the applications are enormous, right? But this 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 sounded like fun, where you just get an invitation from a celebrity, and you know you you can have it personally. It's as if the celebrity is inviting you. There is another agency called Sunus.ai by three Stanford graduates. If if an American calls a call center number in India, then yeah. often there is a language barrier. But when the the Indian responds back in the Indian accent, it converts that into American accent in real time and sends that message to the recipient. Wow. So uh, whether you are a Filipino or an Indian or a Sri Lankan or whatever, even if you're good at your work, but your accent is not that great, you don't need those great English speakers to stick around. People can, I mean, call centers can then do with yeah. guys who are good at their work, but not great at their accent. So I think, and that's again AI. Which exactly, is, which is revolutionary yeah. stuff. Yeah? No, that's I think brilliant. And 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 in the interest of time, we've got two outputs uh, of AI. One is a sick tubal blood test using AI. Tell us about it. When I was speaking to Tatha, Dr. Tatha, um, the one thing he told me is that apparently when a patient's blood is drawn, it reaches the lab, then there's an automated machine called a cell counter, which does your basic counts, right? If you're doing a CBC, it'll do that. It gives you all the numbers. If they're in certain ranges, then you're good. The report is fine and it gets goes back to the patient. But if there's a certain number, which is say beyond or lower than the set range, then there's some further check that needs to be done. And this is usually done manually so by a pathologist now imagine out of 10 people there might be five to six people who are unwell right or uh, there are some ranges which don't fit in those five to six patients need to be manually checked by a pathologist now in doing this there are possibilities of a lot of errors to seep in so what dr tatha realized when you know these guys were finding like looking for opportunities is that this is one area where they can do something with ai so what they've done is they've come up with a two-part solution one which involves a hardware which is like a device which is called ai unreal and the 
second is a uh, software. So what happens is essentially instead of the microscope, all you need to do is once the sample is put on the slide, it has to be put under this device, which then digitizes that microscopic image for you. You know, the AI software bit of it will analyze it and then turn it into a report of sorts. So what would take a pathologist, say, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, um, you know, now literally happens in seconds. So all the pathologist has to do is check that um, and just sign off on it and, and sort of verify. So he can in those 10 minutes literally look at 10 different reports, for instance. So and this also helps um, particularly in labs that are in very rural areas where a pathologist can't actually be there. There's just one for, you know, doing so many reports. So in these situations, this is very, very helpful. And these guys have some massive plans, including uh, using uh, AI to also start testing for biopsies and so much more, which also for which they don't have um, a device like this. So basically replace the traditional microscope as we knew it by this. So I think it's very interesting stuff. The number of examples... Uh... We can keep talking until the cows uh, these days. I think the startups are proliferating. Even the VCs are now catching up, right? Because they also need to invest at the right time else they lose out. Absolutely. And you know what I've, um, interestingly, what I've been told is that people, especially in the Silicon Valley, are mm-hmm. looking at AI as the way out of the recession. So there is oh. a lot of interest, not just from Indian VCs, but internationally as well for people to invest in AI. And we've got some other interesting pieces in there, including the curriculum. College or school curriculum now need not just be about what is a CPU. We were brought up. uh, uh, It is more about, I guess, machine learning uh, and artificial intelligence. Just to, uh, you know, wind this up, a couple of uh, stories that you think uh, uh, you'd like to talk about. So I think, uh, of course, AI education is one um, which is which is very interesting. It's also very important and it's really taking off. Every other day we're seeing ads in some form or the other, be it you know, tech platforms or for uh, kids everywhere to do these courses. So the idea with this is to really understand, is this a bubble or is it likely to sustain? Mm-hmm. Most think that it is likely to sustain. Some other stories that one must look out for is um, the one where uh, I think Pankti and... Um, Nandika have looked at how AI is sort of, you know, helping with weather forecasting, which is a very interesting aspect, which readers must, must look out for and read that story. And uh, of course, we've covered the regulatory bit of things wherein we're trying to understand via Abhinav of Fluid AI um, and uh, Mr. Ajay Chaudhary of HCL, understand how much regulation is essentially good regulation for AI, right? And I think the last one, which is Brian's column on, um, you know, uh, what would happen if um, AI chatbots sort of took over? I think it's a very, very fun uh, piece, yeah. which you must, must read. Um, I won't give out too much, but uh, yeah, I think it's a very fun package and I had a lot of fun working on it. Excellent. Thank you so much uh, for your time on this podcast as well, Naini. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abhishek. This is a lot of fun. Great. Thanks. And all you listeners, you know where to find us on ForbesIndia.com, on any of the apps that you use to download this content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.